Good morning, everyone, and welcome to First Things First. I'm Jenna Wolf, alongside Nick Wright, Kevin Wilds. We got Eric Mangini joining us on a Friday morning. Fun show ahead for you. Aaron Rodgers opens up for the first time since they drafted his heir apparent. Wait till you hear what he had to say or didn't have to say. The Cowboys continue to fumble their negotiations with Dak. But this morning, we start with the latest name linked to the New England Patriots. It's our rewarding oh performance sponsored by Capital One Venture Card. What's in your wallet? And oh boy, is right, Kevin Wilds. The Bengals have officially released Andy Dalton after nine seasons. And like 15 seconds later, his name had been linked to the Patriots. It's a move we're calling the Joe Burrow effect. Less than 24 hours later, Dalton drawing interest from New England, something we're calling the panic to replace Tom Brady effect. Both of those names are a work in progress. Nick, I'll start with you. Based on our early morning meeting, I think I know where you stand on this, but should the Patriots draft draft? Should the Patriots sign Andy Dalton? No. Listen, if New England wants to go with Jared Stidham, If they see something in Stidham that I haven't seen, more power to them. As Coach will, I'm sure, tell you, I have missed on my share of young quarterbacks, and it's not I haven't been evaluating years of Jared Stidham tape. So if they see something that he's going to break the mold of what the last 20 years of NFL history say, a fourth-round or later quarterback almost always is, if his name isn't Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins, then so be it. No problem. But if they're going to go the free agent quarterback route and they choose Dalton over Cam, it's utterly and totally indefensible. If they trade for Jacoby Brissett, I'll understand it. He had been there. Jacoby was actually playing well last year and the team was playing well until he got hurt. He's cheap. I'll understand that. I'll understand Stidham. If the old comfortable, as Wilds would say, sweater that is Brian Hoyer makes them feel good. No problem. But if you're going to bring in someone new, someone foreign to the system, a 30-plus-year-old quarterback whose previous team had gotten rid of him, and they choose Dalton, who hasn't been good since 2015, a year he had A.J. Green, Marvin Jones, Mohamed Sanu, Tyler Eifert, over Cam Newton, who most recently when we saw him in the playoffs went toe-to-toe with Drew Brees and damn near led a double-digit comeback victory, then it's just totally indefensible and inexplicable. So no, Kevin Wilds, the Patriots should not be interested in the red rifle Andy Dalton. I totally agree, Nick. And as I said yesterday, I'm out. No more Cam talk, no more Tua talk, no more Dalton talk, no Trevor Lawrence talk. I'm a Stidham guy, and I'm sticking with it. Look, it's one part joke, and I'm one part serious. We talk about teams need to manage the message to Rodgers and Wentz, but what about the other side of the coin? What about Jordan Love and Jalen Hurts or Jarrett Stidham? Someone's got to support them, too, and I'm starting with the man in the mirror. So I'm sending confidence vibes to Stidham that he can succeed without being all-time great because that's the Patriot way. Tom Brady's first year. 15 games, he threw 18 touchdowns, had 12 interceptions, and averaged a hair less than 190 yards. Oh, God. In the Super Bowl, 145 yards, one touchdown, and he went up to Drew Bledsoe and said, we did it because it was a team effort. So, Jenna, I need to recruit you in this. Is Stidham capable of replicating those numbers 
and their success if the Patriots team and Jenna, this is the important part, and you too, coach, the first things, first team supports him. Absolutely. I'm on the Stidham train. Jenna, come on and join. Coach, join, and Nick, you're welcome aboard as well. I, we often I think have the way- communication situations. Hold on. Go, hold on. Because we're so far apart, we're having to do this from our apartments. But it sounded like what you're saying is that Stidham could eventually turn into Brady. And again, maybe we're having some issues and I'm not hearing everything correctly. Coach, what say you about that? You were there. You saw Brady in the beginning. Yeah, look, everybody in New England is hoping and praying that that whatever person, whoever replaces Tom, is going to become Tom if he's a young player. Every team in the league is hoping that their young quarterback eventually becomes Tom Brady. But there's only one of those, and it's wishful thinking. And you've got to look at all your alternatives. And the idea of Andy Dalton coming free, it's it's a very New England play. They didn't trade for him, so they don't have to give up anything to get Andy Dalton. They maybe get him on a one-year deal, something that's cheap. He has had success in Cincinnati. And if you believe that his five playoff runs were were good but could be even better in the New England system, then then he is a a value play and, and a potential fit. The idea of Cam going there, it's its unrealistic. It's its not a culture fit. He's coming off an injury. It, it doesn't make any sense. But Andy Dalton does, to some degree, make sense. Now, that being said, they may feel like it's more important to keep the young, cheap quarterback and try to reinforce the team in other directions and win from from a, a, a global uh, approach as opposed to being quarterback driven and and look they're going to have to initially with, with whoever they get go ahead nick i know you want to you question sometimes why people say well, that cam isn't really a good culture fit for the patriots but but cam wants well, yeah, he doesn't want to be a backup I mean, he, he wants to go in somewhere and be the franchise guy well yeah we're talking about they're not signing wouldn't sign dalton to be a backup either we'd be talking about bringing someone in to be a starter and again if they believe stidham can be a Tom Brady 2.0, or even Terry Brady, his first cousin, who's somewhat related, fine, <laughs> go with it. But if you are going to bring in a veteran quarterback and picking Dalton over Cam because of some nebulous, undefinable culture fit is nonsense. I'm glad Coach brought up those playoff runs. Let's look at how those playoff runs ended for Andy Dalton, because the Patriots are defined by the postseason, right? Let's look at Andy Dalton's postseason resume. That is horrifying. There is no way around it. There is no explanation for it. He lost to TJ Yates. He lost to Matt Schaub. He lost to a young Andrew Luck. Cam, on the other hand, his four playoff losses came to Cap, Russell Wilson, who are the, oh, Drew Brees, and Peyton Manning. That's right. And in his most recent playoff game, it it was so long ago. It was January of 2018. He threw for 350 yards, two touchdowns on the road in the Superdome. By the way, that is the as recently as we've seen Matt Ryan in the playoffs, as recently as we've seen Big Ben in the playoffs, and Cam's younger than Big Ben by damn near a decade. Like, Coach, I, I, I want to push back. What do you mean Dalton's a better fit for the Patriots' culture than Cam Newton because he's a worse dresser? Like, what are we yeah. talking about? Look, it's okay. It's okay that that you push back. New England's looking for a starter, not a star. Cam wants to be the star. He wants to be on the marquee. That's not how how the system works in New England. You are you are one of 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 many, and and the team is bigger than anything else. And that's really not been 
Cam's mo, and that that's fine. It, different different teams want want different things from from players in that position. And when you look at Andy Dalton's playoff run, if you just put in the context of what he did, I think that's that's misleading because now you'd be combining him with Bill Belichick, you'd be combining him with Josh McDaniels, you'd be combining him with the New England system. And Kevin said it earlier in Tom's first year, there were three offensive touchdowns throughout that run. So we're not you're not looking for him to have to carry the whole load you're looking for him to to play a role in a system that's proven over time wilds can i ask you a question because you said something very very smart a few weeks ago which is the <laughs> i forget i, I always ago. the assistant gm test is i think what you <laughs> took a while which was, no, yeah, you've yeah. said a lot of smart things since then, but one thing specifically <laughs> sticks out in my mind. The assistant GM test. I'm just curious. If you're the assistant GM or the GM for the Dolphins, for the Jets, or for the Bills, and you are told the Patriots signed a quarterback, who are you hoping that answer is? Dalton or Cam? If you're, on the, if you're working of against course. them, if you're coaching against them, who are you rooting for them to sign? Andy Dalton, who the Bengals benched last year for, I thought it was Jeff Driscoll, but it wasn't Jeff Driscoll. He was in Detroit. It was, I forgot even who it was, the quarterback who they replaced him with. And who they, the Bengals benched last year or Cam Newton? Well, of course. If, if I'm the Dolphins, I'll flip it again. Imagine if the Jets signed Cam Newton. You know what I would be thinking as a Patriots fan? I hope Sam Darnold doesn't get hurt. So... I understand the allure of Cam. <laughs> Nick, you were with me as I went through my Cam psychosis, but I'm trying to stay focused on Stidham. Don't mess with my Stidham vibes. I'm staying focused. Stidham for the future. It's been a rough couple of weeks for Wilds. He went from Tua, then to Cam, now to Stidham. <laughs> let's just try to keep him steady, buddy. All right, let's take a break. For a little draw in a blank, we're going to start with the Green Bay Packers. When they drafted Jordan Love last week, many thought that would aggravate Aaron Rodgers, but ESPN's Bill Barnwell thinks it could actually motivate Aaron Rodgers, asking the question, isn't there a chance it lights a fire under him? So, Nick, a motivated Aaron Rodgers this season would be blank. The exact same. Let me say this on the front end. I think oh. Bill Barnwell is the smartest person writing about the NFL. If I were to win the lottery and buy an NFL team, my first move would be to hire Eric Mangini to be my head coach. My second move would be to hire Bill Barnwell to be my general manager. I love Bill, but he is, during quarantine, he's bought into this media nonsense that, that Aaron Rodgers and other players aren't operating under peak motivation. That Aaron Rodgers is going through the motions. I mean, maybe I'll win a Super Bowl. Maybe I won't. Who cares? Can't wait for the offseason. Oh, you drafted a quarterback? Now I'm going to try harder. He's been trying his hardest. I promise you the issue is Aaron Rodgers hasn't been under-motivated. So this idea that, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to hit him with, instead of the sugar cube, we're going to give him the whip and he's going to run faster. He's not a Clydesdale. He's one of the greatest football players ever. So, no, he's going to be the exact same no matter what the draft, what the Packers do mind games with him through the draft, Coach. Yeah, I think one of the things he's going to be is talkative. And, and when you look at what he did last year, a lot of it was overcoming coaching, overcoming a, a rookie head coach 
And and Aaron's always been one to to say things, maybe not directly, but he says he sends very clear messages. And really, the only time that happened last year is when they went out to California, and he talked about the fact that they weren't very prepared, that they didn't have the right approach to it. But that's going to happen a lot more when you when you disregard the contribution that he made to to last season, or or you start putting out there that. That you're frustrated with with his act, or you're over his act. Just understand that you're gonna you're gonna get a lot more of that act in the in the next season. And it, this is a little bit of a case of overestimating your contribution versus Aaron Rodgers' contribution. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, <laughs> so Aaron Rodgers wrote chill vibes on Instagram. I actually think it's the opposite. I actually think when he chills out, he gets more fired up. Remember in 2014 when he was like, relax, everybody, after they were 1-2? And, and then they went 11-2 from there on out. So I think the more relaxed he is, the more motivated he is. But, Jenna, the thing I'm really worried about now is Nick's fictitious football team. He just hired Barnwell to be the GM, and then he just was really upset at him. So I think there's some turmoil, not only in the Packers organization, but also with Nick's fictitious football team. Perfect owner. I feel so bad for Nick. Not really. Uh, let's move on to Cam Newton now. When his former head coach, Ron Rivera, was asked if he thought about bringing Cam to his new Washington team, Rivera chose his words carefully, saying, it depends on circumstances. So, Nick, considering the circumstances, a Cam Newton-Ron Rivera reunion would be blank. I think a bad idea for all parties involved. I, I like Ron Rivera a lot as a head coach but he's not what you would consider a cutting-edge offensive mind. I would like to see Cam, with his next team, have some offensive innovation that he didn't get in his decade or near decade in Carolina. Also, I I still believe Dwayne Haskins can be a franchise quarterback in this league. He didn't play well his rookie year until the final two games were his best two games of the season. I don't want Cam to go somewhere where he's just a placeholder and... They traded for Kyle Allen, Jenna, one of your many mediocre backup quarterback yeah. loves. And I, I really just don't want to hear up. about how Kyle Allen needs to replace Cam Newton from you every week, every Monday next year. So for all those reasons, selfishly week. and for Cam and for Ron, coach, I say it's a bad idea. Yeah, to me, this would be surprising, bordering on, on shocking. And, and Ron Rivera knows more about Cam Newton than anybody. And the fact that he's not pushing for them to to bring in cam talks a lot about uh, a lot about what what he thinks and and sometimes you speak volumes by by what you don't say and their quarterback situation is, is far from settled and and to have an opportunity for a player like cam newton if you felt that cam newton was was a franchise quarterback and nobody would have a better perspective or better understanding whether or not he is that than than ron rivera to me, it would be it would be surprising if they move forward, just with everything that's been been done to this point. Yeah, Jen, I went. It's not Brady Gronk. This is the band that doesn't want to get back together. Even though Cam was sixty-eight and fifty-five <laughs> with Ron Rivera, it's like Ocean's Eleven or Twelve or Thirteen when they put the team back together. Except the opposite. These guys do not want to be together. <laughs> it's like right. it's true. Nobody knows him more than Ron Rivera. It's just like Ocean's Eleven. It is. Exactly. 
Just like Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, and Thirteen, except the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That is what he said. Uh, Dax Contract, CEO Stephen Jones once again asked about it and said this, we believe in our track record of getting players signed. I totally believe we'll get Dax signed at the right number that's good for Dak, good for the Cowboys, good for the team. And yet, my friends, Dak remains unsigned. Nick, Stephen Jones' comments on Dak's contract were blank. Superfluous, pardon me. Like almost all the Cowboys' comments on Dak's contract the last 15 months have been. Unnecessary. uh, Very often, I think the New England way is overrated. But in this regard, they need to take a page out of Bill Belichick's playbook. Say less. Hey, he's a player. We've been negotiating with him. Everyone knows that. We're not going to continue doing this through the media. Because every time they comment on him, it, you add $500,000 to what his ask is going to be. Every time, it's like, oh, of course he's going to be here. Of course he's our quarterback of the future. Of course we're excited. Mike McCarthy, of course I'm excited to coach him. One of the reasons I took the job. Zip it, fellas. You, He's not under contract right now. He's not even technically right now a member of your organization. He doesn't even want to show up to these Zoom workouts that you, you guys are doing. Stop talking about this. You're not helping your cause, coach. Yeah, to, to me, these comments are consistent. This is what they've done throughout the whole process. And I don't know why you think they'd suddenly change and and why you would expect that if they don't say anything now, Nick, that the contract expectations are going to change. They've, they've said a lot of really positive things about Dak. And I, and I believe that they believe those things a, a, as well. So they will get the contract done. Will it be Will it be sooner rather than later? Probably not. There's, there's probably going to have to be some sort of event that that pushes it to the to the edge or to a breaking point, but it's consistent with 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 how the Cowboys operate. Yeah, Jenna, I went with uh, Nick referencing LeBron in the show. This is going to happen one way or another. It'll get done. You might not think it's going to happen. You might be like, "How is it going to happen?" This contract will get done. They're at 33, 105, 33 and a half, 34, whatever it is. It's going to be Nick referencing LeBron in the show some way. Somehow it will get done. Well, once again, you know, I feel like this is a little projection from Kevin Wilds. Monday, we were, t- I was trying to talk about The Last Dance, the great documentary that I believe Kevin Wilds' wife helped make, yet he somehow shoehorned LeBron into the conversation. <laughs> Today, we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. You shoehorn LeBron into the conversation. Listen, LeBron's doing his own thing. He's working out, working on Space Jam, which I'm sure we'll talk about later in the show because Wilds demanded it be in there because LeBron- Wilds has a weird LeBron <laughs> complex. I'm just here to talk about the news of the day. I'm just here to talk about the news of the day and the facts on the ground. And if the greatest athlete in American history comes up organically, we can discuss him. But I didn't feel a need to bring it up, at least yet today, Kevin Wilds. That's where I stand, Jim. I'm sorry, you're right. Wilds. Stand corrected. This is just like Ocean's Eleven. Same exact thing, but a totally different plot with different characters and a completely different topic. Sort of like that. All right, on to some hoops now. Uh, The New York Knicks are reportedly mulling over the idea to trade for soon-to-be 35-year-old Chris Paul because it could jumpstart the franchise. Apparently, Patrick Ewing and Willis Reed were busy. Nick, the Knicks eyeing a CP3 trade is blank. No, they weren't. Uh, a fake People were, people were discussing this 
the moment Chris Paul got traded from the Rockets to the Thunder that he was going to end up a Nick because nothing is more New York Knicks than signing a once great player when he is on his bloated final contract. Now, I should say this. If you guys remember back when the world was normal and I was doing that MVP horse race, you know whose name popped up there at the end with 5% chance? It was CP3. He is playing great basketball this year, but $122 million. That is what is owed him over the next three years. That seems a little onerous for a team that isn't exactly a point guard away from winning the title, Coach. To me, this this is merited. And, and when you look at it, and I've talked about this a lot, you have guys that are force multipliers. And with a young team and, and, and players that, that are emerging, to be able to bring in a veteran who can help them be their best selves, who can help them uh, produce at a, at a higher level, I think that's good. And when you look at his stats, look at the next level statistics, whether it's the wind share, whether it's player oh. efficiency oh. rating, God. whether it's value over replacement player. Take, take your pick. Coach. It's all better than it was the year before. And so, Nick, you these are these are, advanced, wow. these are advanced level stats, Nick. You should check these out when you get an opportunity. But if you look at the advanced stats <laughs> and, and the things that he brings from a culture perspective, to me, it's it's merited. And, and when you're talking about bloated contracts, it's the NBA. That's those contracts are just contracts. Got it. Well done, Coach. I'm going to go. Um, it was fantastic. Jenna, I'm going to go with a SEAL reference, a kiss from a rose. Leon Rose, who was a former CAA agent who's now running the Knicks. This is going to happen. If you want to have fun, go to the CAA basketball page and see who else is on that roster. The first person that pops up is Chris Paul. Then the graphics start to move. Uh Uh-oh, there's Donovan Mitchell. There's Joel Embiid. There is number one, Zion. This is the first of many CAA players that are coming to New York. Get ready. It'll be a wonderful acquisition for the Knicks. And a good SEAL reference. Sounds good. I like it. We we got it. It was the only SEAL song I knew, so I'm glad you chose that one. Take a break. Back here, first things first, now joined by the newest Dallas Cowboy cornerback, Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. We're going to dive right in. We have so much to get to this morning. So you grow up rooting for the Dallas Cowboys. That's your team. Then last week, the Dallas Cowboys draft you 51st overall. I I can't even imagine what this whole week, this whole process has been like for you. Has it sunk in? And And tell me a little bit about what's been going through your mind. Uh, it's been amazing. It's been a blessing, honestly. Uh, just you know, this has been my favorite team, and you know, they they came and got me, and you know, I'm just thankful, and you know, I thank the whole program, and you know, just happy, ready to get to work. So you know, I'm excited. It's kind of like it's a funny feeling because you don't know where you're going, you don't know who's gonna call your phone, you don't know, you know, uh, where you're gonna get picked up at, you don't know where you're moving to. So it's just kind of funny that you just don't know, but. Your life is about to change within, you know, this next phone call. So it's just amazing. And, you know, I'm glad that, you know, I got to come to the uh, Dallas Cowboys. If people don't know, a friend of the show, Stefan Diggs, is your brother. He's obviously right. established himself as an excellent pro. 
Uh, he, he gets drafted by Minnesota, a place far from home, and now he's on Buffalo, another place far from home. What was his advice to you throughout the draft process, and what was his reaction when he found out you were going to your childhood team, the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, it was so it was amazing. I, uh, I've never seen him so excited. Actually, last time I seen him this excited was uh, the catch that he had made. Um, that's when you know he was, he was really excited. But I see him, I see him really excited this time for me. He was just happy for me because you know we put in so much work, and you know this kind of like you know he he kind of made this and created this and helped me out a little bit. So well, a lot of it actually. So you know it's just you know amazing. He happy to see me off and you know happy to see me on the team and he's just happy for me. So you know I never see him. I just light up. He was just lit up. Uh, it was a, it's a video. He was just so happy. And, you know, it was amazing because, you know, that's like my brother. That's like my father figure. So, you know, I was just happy to see him. Just happy. The Cowboys released the Zoom call, the Zoom interview that you guys did. And you can see there's immediate chemistry between you and the coaching staff. Did you feel yeah. when that call ended and they said, we hope we can put a star on your helmet that you were going to get drafted by the Cowboys? Uh, I didn't know because my brother was telling me it's always the team that you least expect. And that's kind of true because I didn't expect the Dallas Cowboys to draft me. Um, I felt like they had interest on me, but I felt like they had more interest as well. But uh, it all played out and it all worked out. And, you know, I'm thankful. I'm happy. I can't complain. So I'm excited. So, Trayvon, one of the biggest draft offseason or draft stories that we've been sort of discussing the last couple of weeks and months is where Tua was going to go, how healthy he is, your former teammate. The Dolphins end up drafting him fifth overall. Give us an idea of what Dolphins fans can expect and what they're getting from Tua. Um, they're expecting a true warrior. Uh, he's a hard worker in practice. Uh, he's a very good practice player, very good game player, and, you know, he makes things happen. Uh, he's going to get all the receivers, you know, catch, he's going to spread the ball around. He's everything good. He's an all-around good, great quarterback. And, you know, I love playing when he made me a better uh, defensive back. Just the throws that he made, he can make every throw, he can throw the ball in plenty of tight spaces. And it's just amazing what he can do. He, his arm talent is just amazing. And I do feel like he, he was the best player in the draft. So, you know, I'm excited for him. I'm excited to see, you know, what, what he has to do for uh, Miami and stuff. So, I'm excited. By the time Tua took over at quarterback, you were a lockdown corner for Alabama. But when you got to Alabama, you were a bit of jack-of-all-trades. Played some defensive back, played some kick returner, and played wide receiver. At that point in time, Jalen Hurts was your quarterback. Jalen Hurts, now I understand here pretty soon he's a divisional rival and you got to try to pick him off if he comes in the game. But for <laughs> Philly, what are they getting with Jalen Hurts and how effective do you think he can be in whatever role they're using him in? Uh, I feel like he, he can be really effective because, you know, he played in um, versatile offenses. He's been in Marshall offense. He came from Alabama, then went to Oklahoma, went to all passes uh, school. So, you know, he can do anything. He can run any offense, read option. Uh, he can run all, anything. He can do anything. So, you know, he's like a, uh, he's like an all-star quarterback. He can do anything and he's that quarterback. But, you know, he's a great player as far as a person. He's a great person. He's a people's person. Um, you know, he, he's a hard worker. Uh, he's a, a really, he's really a good leader. Um, he leads by example. And, you know, he's a real quiet person. But, you know, when he speaks, everybody listens. Uh, he's that type of guy that, you know, when you walk into the room and he say something, you're going to listen because, you know, a lot of people have a lot of respect for him. So, you know, he's just a hard worker. Uh, not cocky, he's very humble. Uh, you know, I love him. That's my friend. That's one of my, my close friends. You know, I just talked to him. So, you know, I'm excited for him, but we, we, we got to see him. 
in that Zoom meeting that I talked about, you actually asked the coaching staff a question about their defensive schemes, and Mike McCarthy kind of joked, like, we haven't had a full meeting yet. Do you <laughs> think that this is a tricky challenge for you because everyone is separated, and how are you trying to balance that with your preparation? Um, I wouldn't say it's a tricky situation, but, you know, it is some adversity that everyone's facing, so, you know, you just got to learn how to deal with it. It's a lot of things that you can do to you know, build around that and work around that and, you know, get things done and get things accomplished. So, you know, there's plenty of ways. Uh, we we found ways to, you know, have interviews and, you know, do everything. So, you know, we just have to make a, an adjustment and, you know, just roll with the punches and make the best of it. How, let me ask you this, because there's different narratives about Alabama players coming into the league. One of them is they're coached so well that they're almost already at their ceiling. That, they, that guys don't have a ton of room for growth because they're coached up so well by Nick Saban. The flip side of that is he's arguably the greatest college football coach ever, and you're kind of getting a Ph.D. during your undergrad. How do you think those four years under Saban have prepared you for this next level, maybe a little differently than other guys that went to different schools? Uh it's funny, I get asked the question a lot, but I, I don't know about other schools. I don't know, you know, what, what they have to offer and the things that, you know, they've done for their players. But as far as for my school, you know, I know they have prepared me well um, all around the building, even on the field, off the field. They, you know, they just, there's just a bunch of preparation that helped you out, helped you out for success. And, you know, being on the coach, Sidney kind of teach you how to be a man and, you know, teach you how to go about your business. And you just look at it and you just watch them and you can take little things from them, like as a person. You know, like, for example, uh, it'll be a little bit of chatter going on before, like, team meetings and stuff before he walk in the, walks in the door. But as soon as he walks in the door, everybody stops talking. You hear a pin drop. So respect like that, you know, just everyone has so much respect for him and you know, because of how he carries himself and, you know, the things that he's accomplished. And, you know, you know that's good because he, he hard, he's a hard worker. He works hard. He comes in early and leaves late, just like us. And, you know, I feel like he kind of, you know, works harder than us as far as, like, looking at film and do things like that. So he does a lot for us. But, you know, as far as a person, uh, it's a lot of great values and things that I, I've taken from him. So, you know, I really appreciate it from that. And it's a lot of great things about that program that helped you out. And, you know, on the field, you know, he has everything that you need, all the information that you need. So it's just amazing to be under him. And, you know, he's always in my defensive background, so I can learn from him. Uh, uh, he's right there close to me every day. Uh, always getting on me, and there's a lot of things that you know he tells me uh, to work on that you know I don't I don't really show, but it's little things that he always get on me, always get on me, and I needed that to help. You know, I'm in a position I am today because of him. All right, Trayvon, we're gonna have a little fun here. I'm gonna ask you three quick rapid fire questions, and then the guys will jump in. First thing that comes to mind. Ready? Here we go. Number one, best slogan, right, better slogan rather, America's team or Roll Tide? Which one? Ooh. <laughs> America's team. <laughs> Got a big one. America's, it's America's team. team. You chose wisely. They, Smart, they, they, are, they are paying you now. Uh, number two, the most famous person, not your brother, besides your brother, in your phone. There's Bart. That's a oh, good one. That's, that's not Bart. bad at all. All right, here we go. The f that's a really good one. Uh, the first big purchase you're going to make now that you're a member of the Dallas Cowboys that might surprise us. I don't want to spend my money, though. 
Okay. It's one way to answer it. Oh, you spend your money. No, not yet. You need to save something. It doesn't have first. to be big. Uh, I'm going to take care of my mom first, personally. Uh, I'm going to help out my mom first. She's been there for me uh, since I was a kid. When my father passed, she was there filling that role, taking me to practice as much as that one. While she's working, so you know, I owe her, I know her, I owe her a nice gift. I guess yeah, you would, one would, hey, you, you do, and then you're a very nice guy. Buy yourself something, Trayvon. Your brother's already made, made a bunch of money. He can take care of mom. Like, you can buy yourself something. But all right, I'll get three quick ones for you, and then I'll let you go. Take yourself out of it. The Alabama rookie, you guys had a bunch drafted, that you think can make the most instant impact. As take yourself out of it is who? Xavier McKinney. Oh, the safety. Fellow defensive back. You're a little yeah, defensive sure. back bias. You're not going to go with the receivers. <laughs> yeah, we understand. All right. Same group. Okay, same group of guys <laughs> of the Alabama rookies. The one you would least want to have been quarantined these last 50 days with. Oh, great point, David. No, no way. <laughs> Why? No way. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's just I can court him because he's funny, but you know, outside of that, he's kinda mm, I don't know. <laughs> okay. That's one of my good, All right. <laughs> that's and that's this, one of my good good friends too. Alright, and then we'll leave it. This will be the last one for you. And keep in mind, Stefan's a friend of the show, so I'm not taking any shots at him when I say this. Right. But what is your reaction when you see your brother losing his mind a bit on the sideline? When you're watching football <laughs> on Sundays and Stefan is screaming at somebody, what's going through your mind? In my mind, I'm thinking he, he's getting ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's uh, great. Hey, competing. Hey, listen, you're about to start really competing. We we thank you so much. All the best of luck on this next chapter for you. Thank you for hanging out with us this morning. Uh, good luck thank to you. you. We're gonna take a little break here on first things first. Time now for stories to start your morning. Aaron Rodgers has finally broken his silence since Jordan Love, his heir apparent, yeah. was drafted. Level your expectations here. He posted this picture to Instagram with the hashtag chill vibes and relax. Yeah. Nick, what do you make of this? I make Aaron Rodgers continues to be a great teammate, continues to not buy into this media smear narrative that it seems like the Packers are engaging against him for reasons I will never understand. And Aaron Rodgers continues to be the guy that I think he is which is someone who's focused on the actual goals at hand, even if the team appears to be focused on some more nefarious operations in the meantime. So I, I don't know how one could be upset with Aaron Rodgers for this. I don't think anyone would be. And he is, I, listen, I'm sure my, well, I know myself and others, I'm sure, have reached out to Aaron to see if he wants to, on or off the record, say anything to combat some of this narrative that's going against him. And he won't engage in it. Instead, he's hanging out on a mountaintop. Good for him. I'm happy for him, Wilds. 
instead, instead he's hanging out, hanging out on a mountaintop. Uh, I'm not reading too much into it. His next post was about the Kentucky Derby. And then I looked it up, like, we've got a virtual Kentucky Derby coming on Saturday. Secretary at the 7-2 fade, barely edging citation, and old favorite Seattle slew coach. Yeah, that that's kind of like Ocean's Eleven um, in terms of how it fits in. <laughs> I look at this, and, and Aaron Rodgers played both roles here. He's been the new guy, so he knows what that's like, and, and he knows... Uh, the, the pressures that, that come with that. And, and he's now the veteran who is uh, achieving at a very high level, doesn't have a lot to worry about from the rookie, and ideally is going to help that player the way that he would have liked to have been helped when Brett Favre was there. That would be, to me, the most chill vibe is that he learned from his experience and is actually going to be a positive force in developing the young quarterback. Wilds, you and I are exactly the same. Oh, there's Aaron Rodgers. Oh, the Kentucky Derby. Oh, who should I vote? Oh, it's a virtual one. <laughs> Sucked right down the rabbit hole every day with me. That's right. It's interesting. Uh, all right. Let's Secretary. Move, right? Who knew? Let's move on to the Kansas City Chiefs now. They picked up the fifth-year option on Super Bowl MVP quarterback Patrick Mahomes to the surprise <laughs> I love that. of this literally nobody. Hey, coach. When will Mahomes' extension happen, and what kind of record-breaking numbers do you expect to see with this? His extension is going to happen whenever he wants to force it to happen. It's a little different situation than, than what's happening with Dak Prescott. If he decides to sit out, the team has no, no other alternative besides trying to make him happy. But he doesn't seem like that type of guy. I, I'm sure that Nick chose that last video to, to show his fun-loving side. Um, which which he has, but he, he strikes me as being not just go. a not just a, a great player, but a great teammate. So I'm I'm sure that he won't force oh, the thanks. issue sooner than he has to. Nick, this is you're going to be due for a huge bill to the Chiefs. I think this is the contract that people start talking about the uh, quarterback only salary cap. Take it away. All right, so I have I have a lot of things to talk about here, but most notably, I have to call back to Wild's previous answer. If those odds oh. are correct, if you can get Secretariat at seven to two, my God, America, yeah. empty out your four hundred one k's. Forget this market downturn. We can get it all back and then some. Seven to two? Is that a real line? I can yeah, bet Secretariat. Secretariat Seattle Slew's got no shot. No shot whatsoever. Affirm. Oh Get the hell out of here. Affirm. <laughs> Secretary had an enlarged heart. He was basically a horse on PEDs before PEDs existed. So Secretary, seven to God, two. Sleep on all your money. On That's first of all. Se Thanks. Second of all, in order to pay Patrick Mahomes, Clark Hunt maybe should put a hundred million on seven to two Secretariat. Oh, and now idea. the deal's and now it's a bargain. All right. As far as Patrick Mahomes' contract. I would encourage the Chiefs to offer him as long of a contract as he will accept and fully guarantee. I because listen, you you if he if he suffers a career-ending injury, we're screwed anyway. Who cares? We were in the wilderness for 50 years. So the the only way to get a bargain, if you can get some type of bargain, is to have this contract be incredibly long-term, like seven years. So you give him seven years. 40 million a year, fully guaranteed 280 million bucks, as opposed to 
a four-year extension where he's going to be back for a new deal in 2024. And at that point, he'd be $50 million a year. I think $40 million a year would be a bargain in a league where, hell, what did Kirk Cousins just get? $33 million a year? I mean, he's worth $7 million more than Kirk Cousins. So you want him locked in as long as possible. You offer him as all of it guaranteed, and you hope he accepts it. That's what you do with the most talented quarterback in the history of the league and the guy who one day might just be the greatest quarterback ever. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but he might just one day. Oh, it's good. You walk that back a little bit. You live ahead of yourself, Nick. All right, on to the Philadelphia Eagles now. GM Howie Roseman said the team is married to Carson Wentz despite the Jalen Hurts draft pick they registered at Bed Bath & Beyond. Nick, you surprised the Eagles keep reassuring Wentz's role on the team? Listen, I don't doubt they're married to Carson Wentz. I do keep. I do wonder though why they keep bringing up out of nowhere. I promise I'm not having an affair with the au pair. Like nobody thought you were. Nobody thought that you drafted Jalen Hurts to replace Carson Wentz until you kept being like, "No, Carson, you're our guy. We have to have a hard conversation with Carson." They they are speaking this controversy into existence. I'm gonna again say less. I don't understand why they feel the need to continue to talk. Nobody thought that Carson Wentz was on the hot seat. You just gave him $128 million bucks. So I, this is a story that I don't understand. Wild, Jalen Hurts didn't even think he got drafted to replace Carson Wentz. I feel like they're speaking a uh, insecurity into Carson Wentz's brain by continuing to talk about this. Yeah, I think it's imperfect messaging, Nick. And when Howie Roseman in that interview, he talked about our actions. Most people thought like, well, what? You drafted a quarterback in the second round. Those are your actions. But he was actually talking about the draft and the contract. So Howie Roseman mentioned how much they gave up to get Carson. It's still front of mind for him. I think it's back of mind for everybody else. They gave up their 2016 first, third, and fourth, their 2017 first, and their 2018 second round pick. Howie, that's front of mind for Howie Roseman. Carson's success is tied to Howie Roseman's decision-making, so I understand the marriage analogy. I've seen uh, or know a lot of people who talk about their marriage in in glowing terms in a way that they're trying to convince themselves of of how successful it is. And and look, these guys are married, and they're married because it's $78 million in in dead money if they decide to to try to get the divorce. So it's it's too expensive for them to get a divorce. Now the the frustrating thing I'm sure for How, Howie is that one of the last girls they dated took him to the, you know, the promised land and they remember that and Carson hasn't done that. So it's 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 a it's a marriage that has to continue to happen and look if they if they get divorced everybody's going to lose. We take metaphors so far that I oh I just forget the topic and what we're talking about. Uh, now all I can think about is marriage. All right, on to Andy Dalton now. After nine seasons with the Cincinnati Bengals, he has officially been released. Several teams already linked to the 32-year-old quarterback with the Jaguars being one of them. Coach, I'll send it back to you. Smart idea for the Jags to go get Andy Dalton? I, I think that they should investigate Andy Dalton, and it's not like they're dealing with proven commodities where they are. Now, I don't know how smart it would be for Andy Dalton to go there and try to be a backup. The smart thing for Andy Dalton right now is just to sit and be patient and let these teams figure out what they have at quarterback. 
because eventually somebody's going to figure out that they don't like the situation that they're in and they're going to pay him a lot more money and, and give him a lot more security than if he goes to sign as, as a backup in, in Jacksonville right now. I like the Jacksonville move, Nick. Uh, Gardner's thrown 21 touchdowns. Andy Dalton's thrown 10 times that many. He's thrown 204. So maybe he comes in and gets a starting job. Maybe just teaches Gardner. But I think that's a nice fit for him. And also it would kill all the Patriots narrative that's out there. Yeah, this actually, to me, makes a lot of sense. Gardner Minshew is a good story. I don't know that he's a good NFL starting quarterback. Maybe he will be, but we haven't seen nearly enough. And what is Andy Dalton's biggest issue? His failures in the postseason, his 59 postseason passer rating. Well, if you sign with Jacksonville, you don't have to worry about the postseason. So it just scratch that off the list. So to me, it makes perfect sense. Like, of course, go to Jacksonville, deal Gardner. He will have Gardner's stash against Andy's hair. I'm excited for it. And let them play. Let them fight it out. So, yeah, to me, this makes a hell of a lot more sense than Dalton going to the Patriots or going somewhere as a backup. He actually could be the starter in Jacksonville. All right. Uh, Let's end the show today with a little LeBron. Uh, LeBron took to social media yesterday to reveal the new Space Jam logo and title for the 2021 release Space Jam, a new legacy. Clearly didn't spend a ton of time with the social media guy. Uh, Coach, not if, but when you do see this, what is your movie experience like? You bring your own snacks. Is is Space Jam on your must-see in the next uh, couple weeks, months? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure. I make my own snacks. It's not a big deal. uh, What do you have, like bone broth popcorn, I'm sure, as part of your snacks? Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, I make bone broth popcorn. (laughs) Me and Tom Brady with the avocado ice cream. I, I, I would imagine. Look, I, I, whether or not he can do what Michael Jordan did remains to be seen. That the, the Space Jam franchise has generated over six billion dollars. Let's see whether Jordan can can match that, or I mean, LeBron can match that or not. Jenna, you bring your own snacks into the movie theater. Nick, is that like when you bring vegetables? No, that's listen, again, this is what we make this fun is what of the Patriots for breaking the rules in the playbooks. Jenna's sneaking yeah, I mean, in it's vegetables. Unbelievable. But real, hold on, real quick uh, on this. Coach already started it. I can't wait. This movie's going to come out. You know what the narrative's going to be? Jordan would have scored 70 against those monsters. Oh my God, the defense in Space Jam 2. Nothing like the defense well, in the true. original. Oh, the game's watered down. Excited have, for it, Jenna. Have a great weekend, Nothing everyone. No hand Go watch Ocean's Eleven. <laughs>